0: As an industry, we've made it our business to learn about games, how they work, about their resonance, and their successes or failures, but there's a human side to the industry as well. My name is Paul James and welcome to Dev Diary, a series that explores and celebrates the incredible feats of the people behind the games, as we dive into their stories, the highs, the lows, and everywhere in between. In this episode, I'm joined by John Mamias, current cookhouse studio head at CD Projekt Red, so join us as we explore his journey. This episode of Dev Diary has been recorded at PAX Australia 2019, and as such, there might be an occasional burst of background noise that simply couldn't be avoided, so please bear with us and enjoy the episode. Thank you again. So today I'm joined by John, how are you?
1: Um, doing great. A little bit tired, but I'm doing great. Yeah. How long have you
0: been in Australia for now? Uh,
1: since Monday,
0: I think. Okay. Is yeah. the time zones and all that sort of thing still messing around? When did I yeah, get well, here? Yeah, we we're,
1: we're, it's like nine hours ahead here.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. You enjoying your time at Pax in Australia so far?
1: Yeah, it's the first time here, so it's, it's it's nice to be here.
0: Where have you where have you spent your time at so
1: far? In the hotel. And oh, okay, right. At PAX. Just,
0: just exclusively Melbourne, or are you going yeah, to no, get an opportunity lived to? Yeah, in
1: Melbourne and just like been here, sleeping in the hotel and, and, and catching and up, yeah, getting yourself in sync. Walked around a little bit in, in, in the city, but not much. Uh, need, I need to see it. it. Looks cool. It seems cool. How
0: long are you going to be beyond the end of Pax? No, so we
1: have Pax is over tomorrow, which is Sunday, right? So yep. we're leaving on Monday. Night, All right, so okay. Monday morning and maybe in the afternoon. A little well, he's
0: hoping you get a little bit more time in the future to actually come and. Tour Melbourne and head up to Sydney, because obviously you know, lots of people talk about the sights in Sydney, and there's, yeah, there's plenty well, to Australia see there. Australia so.
1: legendary for, for someone like me, who like, grew up watching Mad Max and stuff. So it's Not like- to mention
0: all the dangerous animals and all that as well. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Horribly overblown. I'd really buy that too No, much. they're yeah. horribly if I go overblown. I or
1: something, I guess I'll get I think it'd be fine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so this is Dev Diary Series. We talk to developers from all around the industry. They share their experiences and stories through their time so far. But before we dive into some of the, the current day stuff, which involves The Witcher 3, and Cyberpunk, and a whole host of other experiences there, let's rewind back to the very beginning. What were your first gaming experiences like, for you personally?
1: Playing. Playing, playing,
0: playing. Playing. Because uh, some of those might inform, I guess, the direction that you maybe I don't know, I guess I'm different than everybody else. When I was 10, I got
1: a uh, television. That was my first console. Yep. Yeah. Mattel and television, right? So and I loved it. I played it all the time, and and... and Beat everybody in the games that I had. Even like my 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 big brother, who was six years older than me, I would play him in sea battle and, and, and really frustrated because he's he was a big gamer too. So yeah, okay. Uh, so that was that, and uh, I, my cousin had Atari, so I played that a little bit when I was growing up. but Then I like kind of dropped out of games and got serious about school and, and yep. everything else. Yeah, and then I I didn't really get back into them until after university and uh, and Doom One was like. the thing for me the real driving force yeah you do and and played that like religiously for a long time and yeah two and, and then uh what else Lance or Freelance I don't know oh, okay there's, there's, yep. there, was a, there was a space sim it came out around the time after that and played that a bit of a bunch and like XCOM was, a lot of classics there though Some yeah. really
0: You know Famous games for What they've done
1: All the Yeah All the Classic PC games it's like I wasn't yeah. really into Console gaming At that point I was like Totally into PC Kind of uh, Hardcore guess, Yeah uh, Yeah The quote unquote Sort of hardcore Yeah, yeah. And then uh, and I grew up playing d d You know Dungeons and Dragons So like Yeah A lot of pen and paper And, and uh, even Even when I moved to LA In my 20s We were playing D&D And we were playing Villains and Vigilantes And we were playing like Star Wars RPG and we were like playing Riff's RPG a little bit and, and so there was like lots of PC gaming mostly and and, and and lots of pen and paper gaming in my 20s I'd say. Yeah fair
0: enough. Was there a particular game or anything that I guess maybe affirmed for you okay the development of games getting behind the scenes was something that you actually wanted to do? Was there that tipping point or that game that maybe triggered that? Um do you recall anyway?
1: I want to go into, I want to make movies. I want to make oh, films. Okay, right. Yeah, so I went outside. I went out, I went out to, to LA to be a writer. And, cause I, it's like, I yeah, you spent a bit of time and, in
0: UCLA, is that right? Yeah. I yeah. Like, yeah like a,
1: I, my brother and I drove across the country to LA, and, and, uh, we, and, and he wanted to go into filmmaking too, but he, we were both gamers. And it's like, for us, we're like from a small town, you know, Savannah, Georgia, which is like in the middle of kind of nowhere. Um, we didn't really know that much about the game industry, yeah. you know, even existing that much. So it's like when we got to LA, we kind of discovered it and kind of happened into it, right? Yeah. Um, we were we were gamers. We were like playing D&D and, and all that stuff. Um, so it kind of just was fate, I suppose. That's kind of how I got into it. So, um,
0: and it's flourished since then, of course.
1: Yeah. And then, th- luckily... I. Having a background playing a lot of like fantasy role playing games uh, on pen and paper, and then getting into uh, Atari, I was working on Knights there a little yep. bit, yeah. Um, just as a producer, yeah, and, the, no, and, and, a the, and creator, Chronicles of
0: Riddick kind of, and those sorts of things as well. Is that
1: right? Yeah, 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 yeah uh, a bit, yeah, on 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 Riddick. We were I was working as a publisher on, on on that. So my first uh, development, so I was like in a uh, like a tester, and then I became like a a level designer or a game designer on a Lego game when I was yep. when I was quite young um, uh, and then I got a, then I got a job at Universal as a producer and I got to work on stuff like, like Battlestar Galactica yes. and, and and the Incredible Hulk before like in the Marvel Cinematic Universe existed like there was these like, were all
0: isolated standalone things at the time yeah. without the so that was cool I got raving a- fan base that they currently have
1: <laughs> the Hulk the Hulk was actually a fun didn't didn't rate that well in the end it was on on GBA it wasn't a really high rated game but it was quite fun because it's like I could just do what I wanted to with it so I I decided to do like Silver Age Hulk interpretation on GBA so it was quite cool to research that and to to work with Marvel a bit on it and and, uh, for me as a producer like go out as a creative producer you know so it's like I work with the the developers on creating a concept before it and going there and I'm like playing it and reviewing it as a kind of conceptual kind of director position and Galact- Battlestar Galactica was the same way we um, that was that was quite cool because it was before the Ronald Moore series the, the
0: yeah yeah okay. the, I guess the famous modern day take on
1: yeah, Battlestar so, yeah Yeah, so the game like, the game was like right before that so we would worked on the game and, and we designed some stuff for the game that, that, that they took for the for the for the TV show actually so that was Kind of a fun experience, yeah. As well. Working yeah. on
0: fairly well, I suppose. Yeah, fairly established license IP in some way. Yeah, I got really
1: lucky to, to go to Universal and, and have a- access to those IPs, and didn't make those weren't the greatest games in the world, but still, it was like, a good experience and
0: a fun to do. Now, obviously, you mentioned a few, I guess, different studios and aspects that you kind of visited at that particular point. Um, and we mentioned Riddick, and we mentioned Neverwinter Nights, but of course, in that time at Atari, you also had a little bit
1: to do with The Witcher. Yeah, Atari hired me to. Uh, they had a producer working on it Okay, the Witcher was being uh, published Atari picked it up as a, as a kind of a late development term project yeah um, this to, being
0: of course the original Witcher yeah
1: yeah the Witcher, yeah. Witcher 1 project I think it was like I'm not sure how they were financing it in Poland in the beginning but then Atari picked it up and started helping finance the project I suppose and um, the producer on it left, had left and they hired me to come take it over as a like publishing producer, on Witcher. Yep. so that's how I got to know CD Project and, and got involved with them, spent a lot of time in Poland working with them. Um, uh, I guess
0: it ultimately led to you then working with them and yeah. and everything that's come since in the form yeah. of Witcher 2, 3,
1: and now yeah, Cyberpunk. Yeah, yeah it's, Atari, Atari kind of disappeared in, yeah. in France, I was in France, and they disappeared, and uh, and I'd known CDP, and then they, they offered me a job in Poland, so I took the opportunity. I took it. It was a little risky, I thought, at the time, so I didn't know it was going to come up with the studio. It was going to be a a very successful studio at the time.
0: I mean, I'd I'd argue, though, when it comes to, you know, the risky aspect, it doesn't seem to me, just looking at even the locations of the place that you've been based at, like, that you've been necessarily afraid of risk over the journey. I mean, Atari, we're talking France, we've got... and I might be butchering the pronunciation. Acne games, okay, yeah, um, yeah. In Germany, there, and obviously, you know, based in LA for a fair period there. It doesn't seem like you've been too afraid to, I guess, pack up your bags and travel to a new country to yeah. take on a new challenge.
1: Well, I'm single, you know. I didn't really have any like nothing holding you down. Essentially, yeah, so it's yeah. like adventurous time for me to be able to go around and like work in different places. And it was like, do yeah. I know. It. I, I kind of like burned out in Los Angeles. So it was like. An opportunity
0: europe. to get out and experiment and try new things
1: yeah it's like my father's greek so it's like he's european so i kind of love to go back and like go to europe and yeah okay hang out
0: there. Yeah. um but then obviously yeah uh taking on your work at cd project and so we've seen the witcher 2 we've seen the witcher 3 as well as the dlc there and now all your work on um cyberpunk you're also the head of the krakow studio um how does that dynamic and you being a part of it? How does that dynamic of the now three studios—is that correct—under the CD project?
1: Well, Atari. Would umbrella, do was, I guess. Really count right. So just no. Just there was a, uh, first I was in, in Warsaw and I worked yeah. on, on Witcher Two and, and uh, for a while on Witcher Three and Cyberpunk at the beginning, uh, uh, and then the Krakow the Krakow studio opened like like a few years uh, before I moved there, and then yeah. they were like. Trying to develop as a as a studio, um, and I'd finished The Witcher three, and we'd started working on Cyberpunk, and I kind of wanted to change things a little bit, yeah. and, and so I, because uh, uh, on Witcher three I was the exact I was the head of production in Warsaw, and uh, uh, and Krakow seemed like an interesting opportunity for me because like I couldn't really as as head of production EP, it's like there was not much further for me to to move up into the hierarchy in the studio too much so it's like mm, what else could I do yeah. to keep myself interested and, and uh um uh, sort of would have been very interesting too as an EP but then, then I thought well maybe I can go and, and, and try to make a new challenge make something of the studio and, and, and crack on so we've I went there we had about 22 or 23 people working there yeah. and, and now it's quite it's it's like 100, 100 guys and, and the way it's working really blowing up yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah we, we kind of hit our higher quota for the year, but it's um um but the way we're working we're working very closely with the Warsaw Studio and Cyberpunk, yeah. it's like very well integrated. So it's like we have
0: And that was certainly something I was really interested to in, know is how that dynamic I guess kind yeah. of works, the studios bouncing off one another and, oh, and interweaving. I
1: mean, yeah, it's kind of a long story long thing to talk about, but it's we have I mean across the board we have almost kind of a mirror team to what they have in Warsaw, but a much yeah. smaller mirror team, right? So um, so as an example we have a uh, we have a, a tech team um, it's like seven seven programmers only yeah. there and they have like a, one of the key features in in, in cyberpunk is the thing called it's called the scene system yeah okay. that, that they're developing pretty independently uh, within the organization yeah um, but there is a connection to Warsaw and that the the technical director is actually Overseeing the development of the scene system, even though he's in Warsaw and that's being done in Krakow. But yeah, okay. he oversees everything, right? But it, yeah. we have a lead on that team that would report into that technical director in Warsaw. So that's how it's connected. So we have a lot of teams like that that are working directly with uh, leads in in Krakow, right? Yeah. It's kind of self-led. But then that lead would report into a director that's, that's sat in,
0: yeah, okay. in, in Warsaw. Really interesting, and how yeah, all those pieces kind of coming together. I guess at the the end of the day, when the the release comes along, it's really interesting to see it come together. Uh, we're hearing, I guess, more across the industry of stories where studios are kind of splintering off, but working on the same product. So it's really mm-hmm. interesting
1: to kind of get that sort of insight as to how it's working and yeah, looking
0: in the the case of CD Projekt. Well, there's, there's a lot
1: of talent in, uh, in in Poland, and a lot of the guys want to just stay, you know, in Krakow, where they're from, or something, Yeah. They prefer to be in the south, so that was kind of the reason to open in different parts of Poland to pull in the local talent. We're also pulling in other talent from all over the world there, but, yeah. but uh, the main, the core of the reason was to get the local talent.
0: Yeah, it's great. So, when it comes to the game itself, what are some of your personal aspirations for the game? What are you, what are you looking to achieve? What are you looking to see this game do upon release that maybe... In some ways, I guess different to what you've done previously, or to what we've seen in the industry previously. Is there anything there that you're really kind of me, for not, that me. thing circled on the board, yeah. the whiteboard? You know, no. It's a,
1: I, I personally, I don't. I'm not really doing that. I'm not like setting those kinds of um, those goals for the for the project. It's not my job. Yeah. Um, but what I but what I've noticed at the at the company is that they, that we keep as a studio, we keep pushing the envelope. You know, in yeah. terms of like storytelling and and uh and gameplay and uh, technology to a, yeah. to a large extent. So it's a um, yeah. It's the stuff we're doing with lighting and the stuff we're doing with the, the even the scene system being yep. done in Krakow. It's it's really ground groundbreaking stuff. So um, I like to see. I like to be part of a, a company that does like big AAA um, groundbreaking. You
0: know, Knock things, your socks off, like, that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, that's
1: cool. It's like being on the on, on and I the mean light, it's certainly doing that. Really.
0: Yeah. And I mean, the game is certainly doing that. We, you know, Whether it's the original debut, so I guess, and we're looking at it now on a screen, the Keanu um, moment how that knocked people's socks off. And obviously then the gameplay that's been shown on a couple of different occasions now and even down here at PAX this weekend. Um, the game is shaping up incredibly well. How do you manage, especially coming off the success of, say, The Witcher 3 most recently, how does the studio and even you personally, how do you manage expectation that comes with all of that because of how big The Witcher 3 was and... I'm sure you're all very conscious of the hype that is starting to build about this. How do you yeah. personally kind of manage that sort of expectation? Um, internally, but also what's coming from the outside? I think, yeah,
1: it's it's there's a lot of stress involved, I think, with the, that kind of hype on the team. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you have to live up to the expectations and, and to the bar that was set by The Witcher 3 in, in many ways. Um, yeah, I think that the, the team... After the Witcher Three, I think there was like quite a, a lot of people with, with bigger egos. On to be honest with you, and like it's like, I mean, know.
0: understandably, people might walk a bit taller after putting out a game yeah. like that, though. Probably
1: walking too tall, and so Oh, okay, to, right. We had to kind of like get knocked down, like yeah. internally, like you know, fail the internally. reality check. Yeah, and that kind of brings back to. What was know.
0: that? What was that reality check for oh, you it's or those like people? Trying to, you know, trying, just things
1: trying to tr- create, like trying to create this new game and not doing it really well at the beginning, and yeah, okay, going through like the. The Iteration. Process of, uh, yeah, it's like, uh, we don't really know, you know, let's, let's, let's do something else, and like, that sucks, basically, we kind of suck, so let's, let's reinvent it. <laughs> let's
0: rebuild again. Okay, that's really interesting, because, again, and this is me looking purely as someone on the outside, we look at The Witcher 3, and the, the incredible Metacritic, and the reviews left, right, and center, and constant praise, for me personally, it's still my favorite game of this generation, oh, um, and the DLC it was so fantastic as well, and... All we see on the outside is this incredible effort here, and the the fantastic DLC that comes with it now rolling into Cyberpunk, which has been universally positively well received so far, from everything I've seen personally. Um, and you know, managing the expectations would be a really tricky sort of thing. So, thank you for kind of sharing some insight on. How you manage that? Because it is.
1: My my opinion, right?
0: Yeah. Oh no. It's of course it's an opinion, but um, it's it's one of those tricky things, I'd imagine, and not just exclusively in game development, but across the board. So thank you for sharing that one. Now we are running a little bit low on time today, so we'll kind of focus, I guess, a bit more on you specifically again.
1: Oh boy. As we start
0: as we start to wind it down. No, no, not a problem at all. Um, Is there anyone in particular in this industry, maybe you work with them, maybe you don't, that really inspires you, that you kind of look at as kind of a model for the way you approach your work? Um, and again they could be internal they might be external there's no there's no caveat on that
1: inspiring as a producer
0: or any aspect at any point in your journey along the way so it doesn't necessarily need to be someone that.
1: I don't know I'm inspired by like successful film directors and what I
0: am no, that's, that's totally okay though as well it doesn't need to be within the games business so you know,
1: any, anyone like, in particular that really well, a of director like Stanley Kubrick or something like that yeah okay that's, that's a really solid choice that one yeah <laughs> Some be be something like that, or kind of like some of Ridley Scott movies, you know, things like that. Yep. Like, I, like I mean they're
0: all great choices. Um,
1: uh, and you I feel like that influences games. the
0: way you approach. Sorry, th- and you feel like they they've influenced the way you approach the development of, say, A Witcher or or Cyberpunk, or is it more your approach to? The design uh, i think i've just been lucky
1: that that i'm working like with people like like i think like adam's like that in a way it's like say such a perfectionist yeah um so i'm not that guy but it's like i like being part of the team that has someone like that and there are other people in the studio that, bec- that are becoming like that so it's like this kind of like perfectionist attitude is is cool to be part of because it's really hard work to oh, of along the way, you know, it's really demanding, but at the end of the day, you end up with something really awesome. So it's like, it's, like it's
0: worth like. it at the end of the day. Yeah. And I guess that links in very well to kind of my next question. What has been some of the larger challenges that you you personally have had to overcome throughout your time in in development or, you know, working in, in games? Has there been anything in particular that's been a significant challenge for you?
1: Challenges for me, uh, I don't know, I guess,
0: I mean, some people say, you know, maybe it's the leadership aspect and the fact that you're overseeing so many people. Maybe it's been one particular thing very early on in your career that you, you kind of contended with.
1: I, I think, well, like, trying to, like, becoming a producer but still being in the game. You go in the game industry to be creative, right? Yeah. So the big, the big challenge is, like, swallowing that that creative ambition and just, like, focusing on your role in, this, in, in our studio, which has been sure like operations production management kind of thing so that yeah. that so that that is painful at times right but yeah of course um everybody has a, a function and if you try to do something that you sh- you know you try to step on somebody else's toes or you know you kind of need to know your role and 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 yes. and, and focus on that and do that really well and i think everybody has creative ambition so it's like which is good for the you know you can give feedback on the project but uh, you know that. but you've got a direction this being directed by this dude so let,
0: yeah that makes let, sense let,
1: let's support him as like a, a healer in an mmo or something like
0: that yeah understood uh so rather than challenges let's look at the opposite side of things have there been any particular highlights things that you really treasure from your career so far you know you're having that rough day at work or something like that it's that, like job that, that thing that, yeah yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> that you really kind of hang on to it all that um, gets you through
1: I had, i've had a lot of fun uh Working in CD projects, especially like doing events, um, internal events, and talking to the team. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's been the that's, since yeah. That's
0: fair enough. Huh? Um, and the last of, I guess, the quote unquote proper questions. Um, you personally, if there was any one game that's ever existed that you could retroactively get your name added into the credits for, so that you'd, in some part, uh, want to be responsible yeah, for uh, that work particular for, game? Is there? Work for id, I, I'd say. What, particular. Doom, I'm Doom assuming,
1: yeah.
0: And, and perfectly awesome choices. Really, I mean, it's they're fantastic games, and completely understand it. So, John, firstly, let's let's look ahead to Cyberpunk. Uh, if well, people are there's lots and lots of people that are really looking forward to that game. When will they be getting their hands on it?
1: Uh, I'm sure most people already know, but it's uh, the, uh, hopefully it's April April the 16th, uh, next year.
0: 2020. That's fantastic. And if people want to track you and or the studio. Um, where would they be best to go? Uh,
1: the, best, the best place is uh, cyberpunk.net. Yep.
0: Yeah. For all the information about the game and any updates, yeah. uh, trails, and those sort of things. Uh, what can we expect for, uh, from the future from here? Without, without Play. kind of showing your hand too much. What, what, uh, there are many plans when it comes to the game going forward. Obviously, uh, obviously yeah, the release there, is coming. There, so there,
1: yeah, there are plans and plans within plans, but we can't talk about any Yeah, stuff, legal, so think, it. But yeah, expect cool things. I hope you know from the from the company at least, and as long as I'm there, from me too. Yeah. I hope
0: the game is looking fantastic. Thank you very much for sharing your time with me today and the listeners. Um, thank you very much and good luck going forward. Thank you, next, uh, listeners. Thank you as always for listening, and we'll see you next time. that concludes this entry of dev diary be sure to subscribe to this feed share it with your friends and give us a five-star review to help boost the show up the charts for greater exposure if you have any people you would like me to reach out to an interview then please find me at paul James games on twitter to help me get in touch with them until our next episode however That's been John's story. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you next time.